welcome to Knock On Podcast, where we bring you archery information and education that you can trust. Knock On was created as a way to bring all archers together, regardless of the brand you choose or the style of archery you shoot. Knock On Podcasting will deliver professional insights to the latest gear, proper shooting technique, along with high-level equipment setup and tuning. What's up, everybody? We're freaking in the backyard with Chad Mendez right now. <laughs> yeah, what's up, guys? Dad, how you doing, buddy? What are you cooking exactly? What are you working up? Oh, uh, I just got done training, and I'm, I just threw a bison burger on the trigger. Ooh. I'm going to grill that up, get some protein, and uh, mainly just a snack because I already ate um, a little... Like a pre, like would like a pre-done meal for me, um, some chicken breast and vegetables and sweet potato. But I'm hungry. I'm still hungry. So, so what I, gotta, you... I, gotta, I gotta need. <laughs> yeah, you eat like a machine, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of annoying. Like uh, people are like, "Oh man, I wish I could eat like you," and it's all cool because yeah, you get to eat a lot. But it it really sucks when you have to wake up at three o'clock every night because your body's like time to eat and you have to get up and and eat another meal and it just kind of gets annoying it's like god i'm just so tired i just want to sleep dude, dude in but, kansas you were bail you were running out jumping in the truck and driving down to like some gas station <laughs> to yeah. find some food because we had freaking plowed our camp out of food and you're like oh, I, I gotta go i gotta go <laughs> dude it was empty i was i was starving and i like typically i eat a ton like so i've worked with a um, dietitian before and uh, like the week of the fight um like their job is basically to provide the the food the meals that you're supposed to eat throughout the day each day for the five days that you're there and i'm just like sitting there starving and my weight's just like falling off the first time i used this guy and he's like i, I told the guy I was like dude i need more food this isn't cutting it like this is like my body can tell my weight is like super low and I'm feeling like crap. He's like, dude, I'm feeding you what I feed the heavyweights. He's like, I got to He's like, this is crazy. I don't know. I don't know what the hell is going on, but yeah, my body just, my metabolism just is red, I guess. I don't know. You know, but, I, th- I think a lot of, um, a lot of my buddies and a lot of my friends and people I went to school with that have been wrestlers their whole life, their metabolism has been ramped and it, it's like never goes away. It's like if someone's really a wrestler from pretty much elementary school on, they kind of hold that physique forever. It's almost like they never lose it. Their body just gets programmed in, and then and then mm-hmm. they're on it, especially the guys in your weight class. I had several guys, and uh, Clay would know a lot of them, too, from our old school. But... Uh, Man, most of those guys, you know, they're well, they're probably in the 170s now for weight, but they still, like, their body, they still are just ramped up their metabolism. You know, they're not one, 145 anymore. But uh, so you're, let's see, you're seven weeks, six or seven weeks out from fight right now, right? Eight, eight weeks. So this week was nine. We just finished, pretty much finished that up. I just finished my last day of training for this week today. This morning we had boxing sparring. But um, that puts us pretty much next week is eight weeks from the fight. So 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 really, it's seven full weeks of training, and then that last week that you're there. Um, usually, they send us five six days before the fight, but that's pretty much just uh, weight cutting and doing all the media, and uh, you know just kind of going over the game plan and fine tuning things. But the the hard work's pretty much done at that point. I need to find someone that that has a private jet that can fly me from Salt Lake City up to your fight in time to watch it on Saturday night because I've got that I've got that Cabela's yeah. class. That's my last day of the Cabela's class. <clears throat> Is that right. Saturday? So I'm. Uh, what time does that go? I think we're going to be get done around five or six. Is when we're coming off the mountain, and there's a dinner with Easton that I don't necessarily have to be at. So if there's any, if there's any knock on nation listeners that have a, that have a jet (laughs) that want to take me up to Chad's fight, Chad, you can get me tickets. Can't you? 
We'll give you an extra yeah, ticket because we'll- I'm bummed that I can't make it. We've been we've been talking about me being at that fight forever, and then just so yeah. how just so how it happens, I'm going to be at Traeger HQ doing the knock to mm-hmm. fork thing, which you're going to miss now, which sucks because you're going to yeah. be there for that. And then, uh, yeah, you're going to be. Well, so I was supposed to fight. Yeah, I was supposed to fight the weekend before in Vegas. Remember? I know. I was, I was hoping to get that, that July seventh card, but I don't know. It just they didn't want. They wanted the. I think the outdoor crowd in Boise. You know, since I have mm. such a big outdoor fall, it would just make some more sense. But which is cool to me. But I was pumped to, to fight in Vegas. It's just always a good time there. Especially, it's super easy for a lot of people to get there. And but. Yeah, we gotta figure something out, dude. We gotta get, get gotta get you out there. I know Traeger. I think they got like ten or twenty tickets, and they uh, we're gonna be throwing a big um, Traeger after party and grilling oh, some food. I'm bummed. Dude, it's gonna be epic. All right, you yeah. Gotta I gotta find a jet. I gotta find yep. a jet to. Uh, I always have you ever met Sharon's mom? I don't know. I I there's pictures of Sharon's mom in the like. In the 70s and early 80s, uh-huh. I swear she looks like Wonder Woman. I always ask her if she has an invisible jet. I should see if she... <laughs> she did, too. She totally wore those shorts, those, like, hot mom jean shorts. Yeah. <laughs> and she had, like, yeah, this, think, the 70s do going on. I love it. That was such a thing back then. I, I, like, I feel like women were actually, like, just strong women back then. Very... Very uh, attractive, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, well, they were. Yeah, I think for a normal guy that just really likes the typical lady, then yeah, they, yeah, oh, yeah. they were. Um, they were. They were good. Sharon, mm-hmm. um, yeah, she's she's really bummed too that she can't go to your fight because we had been planning that forever. Well, hopefully, you just uh, you get a freaking three minute. Well, let's not say three minutes. How about a minute and a half KO? And then they <laughs> then they roll you right into like an August fight on a main card in Vegas, and we can all go out there and beat some heads before That's hunting cool. season starts. I know that's going to be the tricky part, and I was really trying to get something lined up sooner um, than July because typically we fight every three to four months. Um, but that's <laughs> you're <what>. screwed. <laughs> right then it is hunting season. I'm like, no. So I don't know what what we're gonna do here, but um, some, I mean, sometimes if they'll they'll have you fight one time a year. Like there's been years, like when I fought Aldo the second time, I only fought once that year. That was the only one. So I don't know. It really just depends um, how everything else unfolds and what the UFC is thinking. But I'm hoping it doesn't land smack dab in the middle of fall. We'll see. Yeah. Well. You know, you you've kind of had you've had it good here. It sucked. It <laughs> sucked from you having to wait. I mean, I definitely think you got. I've talked to a lot of people about you. You got freaking screwed more than anybody, dude. You really I got know. the well, sh- you really got the shaft. Ultimately, it comes down to that's my own fault because I didn't try fighting it or anything. I think if I would have pushed the issue, I probably would have got a lot of time off. And you know, I. I don't know. Looking back on it now, I probably should have. But, you know, at that time, I was, dude, honestly, so burnt out. Like, I, I've i been competing since I was four years old. I started swimming competitively as a little kid. Then, right after that, five years old, I jumped right into wrestling. I wrestled from five years old every single year during the school year and summer from five years old all the way up through college. And then three days after I graduated, Actually, the day after I graduated, I moved up to Sacramento, and I think three days after the graduation, I was training with Team Alpha Male, and three months later, I had my first pro fight. Like, I have had never taken a year off, ever. And yeah. just getting so burnt out on, you know, a lot of the politics with the UFC and cutting weight and, you know, just just the the competition side of it. It just wasn't something I, like, craved anymore. Like, my my passion, obviously, is, you know, I have a huge passion for the outdoors. I love hunting. I love fishing. And, you know, that was something that was kind of consuming me, and I was just so burnt out with all the other stuff. And so I was, you know, at the point, I was like, you know what? 
if this is what's going to happen, like everything happens for a reason. If this is the case, I'm I'm fine with stepping back. I'm taking the two years. Like I'm out. And you know, I didn't fight it. And you know, my managers were like, "Are you sure? Like you don't you don't want to like push the issue?" And I'm like, "I'm fine." Like I even told the UFC after my last fight. My last fight was against Frankie Edgar, and I got caught. And, like barely got clipped. Like he just barely touched my nose, and I like like went out. For a split second, I was like, "Something's not right." Like, you know, I'm I'm just gonna take some time off. My body obviously isn't responding like it should, and so I told the UFC I was gonna take the year off. Like, I w- don't book me for any fights. And then, like halfway through, that's what that. And then, you know, the testing came out. So I was just like, "Screw it!" Like, I'm already planning on taking time off, so I'm not. I'm good. And uh, I don't know. Like I said, looking back on it, I kind of wish I would have now. The two years was, I mean, it, it went by really quick, but, I mean, that's a lot of money to be made in two years. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of, I don't a lot know. Of faces, like, I disagree. I disagree. Because I, I look at it, I look at your situation from a couple different levels. If I look at it just, when you talk to me about being burned out, that's how I felt from from competing. And actually, I retired in... 2000 I competed really hard for well on the pro level for four years and I was already burnt out because I I shot four tours so I was competing at 28 I was on the road 28 four-day weekends a year and I was just burnt I was I was burned out from the travel I was burned out from the personalities I was burned out from the people that I had to room with because, you know, I wasn't old enough to rent a car. So I kind of had to be with this guy and he was friends with that guy. And that guy liked to freaking go out and pick up chicks all night. So you always had to worry about him coming in at three in the morning and half the time he was hammered and just all that stuff burns you out. And I don't know. And then the other thing was, when I did step away from that, I actually really started to get into my writing and I started to get into, um, filming my hunts a lot more too. And then, you know, everything happens for a reason, dude. I mean that the two years that you've taken off, you've, you've built something you, you can argue. Well, one, you could argue that maybe you've lost money, but I would argue against that because you've built something with fins and feathers (laughs) that has a way longer lifespan than the UFC does. And, you know, the fights that are out right now, they're paying a hell of a lot more than they were back when you left. So, you know, you can't really you can't really look at it that way. You have to look at what you built. And, you know, fins and feathers is a really, really cool thing. It's a, it's a cool experience for people to be able to come and meet a lot of your personalities and, you and I said we've got to do one. We definitely, you and I have to do a hunt where, where it's a fins and feathers hunt, and where we allow people to come and hang out with the both of us. We definitely need to try to get like, try to do one where we get Clay there too. That would be really fun because you know Clay, that would be- Clay and I grew up in the same town. Um, I grew up with his brother, Jason, and actually I'll be. Uh, it's gonna suck for my schedule, but. Um, clay fights in two weeks i think um yeah and i actually i actually fly to europe for coaching the day after out of and i booked tickets out of minneapolis so i actually have to go to chicago to watch clay and then i'm going to drive up to minneapolis in order to uh to get to europe for my coaching but uh i've been bummed out that i haven't got to see him i've never got to see him fight live um really yeah yeah i've got to see his brother fight but it's been in the streets bro (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah the wrestlers were always the ones fighting by the keggers back in the Mm -hmm. john the johnsburg skyhawk uh neighborhood glad it wasn't just our school no no his brother was a was a nutcase so uh in a good way i liked it i liked it he was he was a hundred and seventy-one pound guard that just rocked people's teeth out of their helmets. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, didn't football too? Oh yeah, 
Yeah, he was a yeah. per- dude. People that size, like you and Clay, you guys are the perfect for high school. You're the perfect halfback <laughs> or wingback or freaking outside corner or free safety. You're like perfect. Yeah, you say it. So my size right now, but you know what I weighed in high school? My freshman year, I was eighty pounds. <laughs> that, was, that wasn't gonna work. <laughs> I wanted to play football, but yeah, my dad's like, "Sorry, dude, you're you're just too small." <laughs> dude, you look like you. You look like Borat in that singlet probably back then. Dude, it was bad. Like, I was so small. I remember, like, my freshman year, I was, like, I hit that summer, hit the weight so hard. Started taking, like, protein. I even started taking, like, some creatine. and was just, like, trying to get on, like, the, the best, like, lifting program I could get on. I was just trying to get over 100 pounds. Like, and I remember every day, you know, I'd hit my workout and I'd come in. I'd step on the scale and, you know, uh, 10 pounds away or nine pounds away. And it just like chipped away, chipped away. And I remember the day I hit a hundred pounds. I stepped on the scale and it said like one Oh one. And I, I lost my crap. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, this is awesome. A hundred pounds. It's like, come on. I'm almost a sophomore in high school. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about my, uh, my weight progression in high school? No, but I bet you were a little bit bigger than 100 pounds. Well, check this out. So when I was uh, when I was 10, um, I played football and I was five foot and I was 135 pounds, so I was short and fat, and I had to play with <laughs> I had to play with the 12 year olds because I was overweight for the 10 year olds, so I had to play center. So I just no. I, I just got my ass rocked. <laughs> by every 12 year old kid that had pubes and everything i'm out there freaking smooth as a baby's butt smelling like johnson and johnson just freaking getting (laughs) just getting hammered and uh so yeah that's me at 10 five foot 135 pounds fast fast forward to freshman year as at the Johnsburg Skyhawks, I can show you. I, I played tight end. The, well, I was supposed to play tight. This is even funnier. I'll tell you the whole story. So, I, uh, on my freshman football card, I'm I'm six three one thirty five, dude. What? I was like a freaking. I was like, I was. A, Wait till you. But you didn't gain any weight, really. <laughs> I was a beanpole with size thirteen Air Jordans, freaking, oh, freaking dangling around the football field. And what's funny is I was supposed to play golf. I was I was a golfer. <laughs> My dad loved golf, and when I uh, uh-huh. when I showed up the freshman year to sign up for sports, they didn't have enough people on the uh, on the high school football team in order to scrimmage. So, kind of the biggest bully in our school was going around and he came up to me he's like dud what are you signing up for i'm like i'm supposed to play golf and my dad i told my dad i wanted to play football again he goes well you remember what they did to you two years ago right you know he freaking got pushed around like he had roller skates on and i said (laughs) yeah i'm like i know but i really had fun and he said no you're gonna play golf that's what you need to do (laughs) so anyway the bully pretty much says no you're playing freaking football. We need two more guys in order to scrimmage. So I signed up for football and didn't tell my dad for a couple weeks. Well, fast forward into the season, next thing I know, I was playing like, I think I was playing tight end or something, and I got thrown a pass. And then when I, the coach said like, you know, hey, throw that ball back over here, and I freaking chucked the ball, and then, you know, I played baseball a lot and I had a really good arm. And then when I threw the ball back, he was like, damn, dude, freaking got a cannon on you. And what happened? Yeah. Well, no, the bully was the quarterback, dude. The bully was the quarterback. And, uh, so by the second game, he was ineligible. So they freaking put me in as QB and the rest was kind of history. Uh, so my dad didn't even know I was in I was in football until he saw me in the paper. No way. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Was he mad? No. Well, he, he was like, he was like, hey, what the hell, man? I said, I said, yeah, I, <laughs> I didn't want to tell you. I was, dude, I was carrying my freaking golf clubs on the bus for a freaking whole season. I was taking my golf clubs on the bus, stashing them in my locker, going to football. <laughs> Coming back, carrying the damn clubs back, and acting, you know, making this whole story uh-huh. up. Well, so, so I was 6'3", yeah, 6'3", 135 my freshman year. By my senior uh-huh. year, I was 6'5", 215, I think. So, wow. yeah, I went from 5' foot to 6'3", I went 13 inches in two years, and then in three years, I almost went up 100 pounds. Wow. Yeah. You gained an entire meat. <laughs> Dude, I ate four school. My mom gave me $50 a week for lunch. I <laughs> ate four school lunches a day. By my by my junior and senior year because I had most of my core classes done. I took I asked, well, they gave me uh they gave me study hall during my lunch during the lunch hours you know how you had three lunch hours i had study hall so i went i just asked my study hall teacher if i could go to the cafeteria and i ate for all three periods (laughs) (laughs) and then every and then every night every single night since i was a sophomore in high school my mom bought seven tombstone pizzas a week and I took one to bed. She would make it, give it to me, and I'd go to bed at night. She'd be like, all right, it's bedtime. She'd give me my freaking tombstone pizza. I'd plow, I'd plow that thing down, set the cardboard on my nightstand, and freaking turn the light off, and I was out. That was... No. Yes. Yep. That's something movie. See, I think where I went wrong, and I'm going to blame me being so short on this, was so once I hit 100 pounds, I ended up getting up to like 100 and... 15 and so i ended up cutting back down to 103s was the weight class i wrestled that next year and then from sophomore year on i cut weight every single year so i'm I'm gonna say the reason why i'm short is because that was like my time where i'm growing instead of me eating tombstone pizzas i was like (laughs) starving (laughs) and then running and training you know before bed and then waking up and doing it again damn it well, for several years, I couldn't gain weight. Like, I could not gain weight. I was struggling. Well, matter of fact, back then, dude, a lot of times I was wearing Wranglers. Because, I mean, you know, I, I can't, my family had some, we were into horses and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So, I my Wranglers were 2838s, homie. <laughs> Freaking 2838 were my Wranglers. <laughs> and I wore them because they were the only thing that had a 38 length. That yep. is insane. They, is that something that had to be custom made, or they have no. to make? Them? Oh no, they made them that long because when you would um, when you'd be in a saddle, you, your inseam was long enough to cover your cowboy boots. So yeah, I always used straight up Wrangler originals because they had a they had a 38 inseam. And check this <laughs> out: you talk about, you talk about like your creatine and stuff. My first, uh-huh. my first, um, my first supplements. There might be some listeners out there that remember this. My first supplements were, uh, they were called uh, Cybergenics. It was this. There was like these two-page ads in all the muscle magazines, and it was like a hundred, yeah. thirty bucks for this mm-hmm. freaking for about five pills, and you got some like vitamin drops. Dude, I was I I freaking. I was doing garage sales and pawn shops and everything to to get some of that. I got some of that uh-huh. cybergenics and then my dad got a solo flex. So I was downstairs freaking cranking out some reps with those rubber bands, dude. Yeah. And my uh my other buddy um who actually lived right down the road from uh from Clay. I don't know if he'll remember him. His name's Kenny Michaels. Kenny Michaels uh his mom her her boyfriend had these freaking straight up caffeine pills. I remember he had these big jars. It would just say caffeine, like eight hundred milligrams, <laughs> and we would steal these these caffeine pills and we would just pop handfuls at a time and get totally wow. jacked up on caffeine pills and jolt cola and freaking oh, go downstairs dude. and try to max out on the solo flex. <laughs> you guys are probably glowing, dude. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah so there's a little blast from the past uh obviously wow. 
So yeah, you probably, uh, I probably grew like a weed from all the weird shit I was on. You got stunted because you were always try- <laughs> trying to make weight. Yeah, damn it. Well, yeah, I was always, always hoping I'd hit that that big growth spurt, and it just never really happened. <laughs> I got a little wider throughout high school, but I think I pretty much maxed out height wise in high school. But my senior year, I think I was as tall as I am now, and that was it. Yeah. You know, have you had any type of growth spurts since, just weird ones? Yeah, well, I, so in college, I ended, up, I ended up cutting back down to 125s in college my sophomore year. And that was the All-American, but it was like hell, cutting from like 150, 155. Oh my God, dude. Seriously? Yeah. And having to make weight. Yeah, having to make weight every week, sometimes two times a week. Like if we would have a dual meet oh, like man. on Thursday, I'd have to make weight Thursday and then keep my weight down and then make weight again for the tournament on that that weekend, you know, Saturday. And, um, dude, I looked horrible. I wish I could find – I'll try to find some photos, but I looked like I had like AIDS maybe. Like I was just like <laughs> stuffed up. I looked so sick. Freaking. Like, people actually like asking me, are you okay, dude? The Dallas like, Mendez look- Club? <laughs> yeah. Dude, it was awful. But, so I cut weight. I cut down to 55, or sorry, uh, 125. I wrestled all year. I ended up becoming an All-American. I think I got six that year. Then the next year, I was like, I was like, screw that. After that, I was like, I'm not doing 125s again. I'm going up to 133s. That was hell. And my coaches were like, we really want you to do it again. We think you could, you know be very successful there i'm like i told you guys like i'm i did not want to do that that was so much and i was a little bit bigger i think i was walking around like 58 now and um they're like well just try it try it a few times and let's see so like half of the year i cut down and um ended up blowing my elbow out because my body was just so run down like all my ligaments everything like deteriorating you know and i blew my elbow out like halfway through and i was done that was that was it. What sucks is I ended up right before that. I wrestled. I think the guy that ended up getting second, and I lost to him by like a point or two. So I mean, it would have been a good year if I could have, tough, you know, toughed it out. But my body, it just wasn't cooperating. And so then the following year, they're like, "Well, we want you to go 133s now." And at that point, I'm like, you know, in the 160s, I think. And I'm like, "All right, 133s. I'm not doing 25s again." So I start cutting to 133s, and I'm like. This is as difficult as it was getting down to 25 now. And oh, so I'm yeah. like, start my, and I'm like, you know what? I was like, screw this, coaches. Like, I'm going up another weight class. Let's go to 141. They're like, what? I was like, yeah. Like, I'm walking around like 160. Like, I'm. I don't want to cut down to 133s. I feel like it's going to be the exact same thing all over again. They're like, well, we'll let you do it, but if you start losing halfway through the year to guys that are you know they're beating you just because they're bigger than you not that they're better than you you're not you're not going back down and i'm like that's fine and i ended up be, i ended up being undefeated the entire season my only loss came in the ncaa finals on a controversial call um and it, you know it just ended up being the perfect weight class i was strong i was able to eat not having to like all my training i could focus on actually training and not having to worry about the weight i'm trying to lose through that workout and uh, could focus on the technique and like pushing hard. Yeah, it felt great all year. I wish, looking back on it now, I wish I would have just bumped up a diff like one weight the entire, my entire college career. But. Yeah, yeah. As your body naturally grows, it makes sense. Uh-huh. I mean, it makes sense. You look at someone that you know. You look at like a uh, anorexic or a bulimic. Like they can't mm-hmm. even grow hair. <laughs> how no. you know? How are you? No. Gonna, how are you going to be strong for like arguably? one of the most you know one of the toughest sports there are period i told harry i said if you want to be if you want to be in phenomenal shape the rest of your life there's there's two one of two sports that you have to do for four years of high school and i said it's got to be swimming or wrestling i said if mm-hmm. you if you, <laughs> if you do one of those two things for four years i said and that's my regret my regret is i didn't do either one of them um, mm-hmm. I feel like, I just feel like I would have, I feel like I'm missing, you know, and I'm competitive and I'm, I've got work ethic, but I, that is one regret that I have. I wrestled one year with Clay's brother 
Jason. Yeah. Jason and I both wrestled together for a while, and, and our school was a very, very good wrestling school. We had a lot of guys that went to state, and we had a really good team. And Jason and I were both JV wrestlers, and, I mean, there were some really good guys in front of us. But uh, I had a lot of – I mean, I did have a lot of fun, but part of the problem with the wrestling program was – you know, I started, I came in for the first time as a sophomore once my body, like that's when I finally reached my height and I started to like have muscles for the first time and felt strength. Uh-huh. But but before that, I never really ha- I never really had that. So I didn't really feel like me being a wrestler when I was five foot 135, it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been right. I'd been like wrestling as a heavyweight. So once, yeah. I, once I came in as a sophomore, I was already like, four years behind the program you know it's it's almost like they already know who their guys are because they've been there four or five years and i wasn't one of those guys so it was pretty apparent to me all i was there for is to take some freaking hip tosses and some cross facers (laughs) from their a game (laughs) and i wasn't into that Yeah, we always needed those guys. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it is tough for anyone to come into high school and never have wrestled before and be a stud. It's not, you know, it's not impossible. There's been guys that have done it, but it's it's super rare. I mean, most of these guys that are, you know, high school, especially in college, I mean, they've been wrestling for years and years. But, um, yeah, it's just crazy. Like, the going back to the the – toughest the two toughest sports like i i used to do water polo preseason. like that's how i got in shape for wrestling season so it's like you know our call our high school season was coming up that the whole i don't know was it three months four months before that i would be doing water polo and that dude that shit's no joke oh like, dude it's anything in the pool anything in water and then especially when you have like ornery dudes like trying to rip you under the water and hold you down and like you're having to do a lot, a lot of sprint work to get to the ball and it makes it tough, man, but it would uh, it definitely helped, and I'd I'd always be in like some of the best shape coming into the wrestling season. Definitely over a lot of the other guys that didn't do anything like that, and I think it it helped. But you know. sometimes for Harry's swimming practice, um, I mean, I think they did close to three miles a day, but sometimes wow. they would just say, okay, they would put them in, and they would just say. We've got an hour practice. Everyone would be happy, and then they would just say, "The only thing is, you can't touch the bottom." And they just mm-hmm. made them. They just literally made them tread like tread water or do whatever they had to for an hour without touching. And Harry's yeah. like, "It was murderous." And I mean, <laughs> with water polo, that's what you guys are doing. People don't realize yeah. you're not touching the floor. You are no. like keeping yourself. You're treading mm-hmm. water at a pace to where you're out of the water. That's probably where you got those thunderous legs where you when you wear your your freaking My thunder thighs. Yeah, where you wear <laughs> those nineteen seventies Arnold Schwarzenegger uh shorts that you wear like what I had in P P E in sixth grade, where your balls are all hanging out. Those ones yep. that you wear. That's probably why your That's legs fun. look so good in there. You're all like Franco Colombo <laughs> walking around <laughs> walking around Turkey Camp. <laughs> whatever dude <laughs> yeah it's so weird like i mean the reason why i mean and, and it's wrestling too like people are like well, why the hell do they wear those spandex like i would wrestle if it wasn't for that but trust me try wrestling with a t-shirt on or short when you're like scrambling around and rolling around and fingers are getting oh, caught I'd, in that i'd break thing, a thumb you, so fast you break fingers so quick like people just don't understand so it's really not a whole lot of options and you know i'd rather look like an idiot than have a bunch of broken fingers when i'm <laughs> playing my sport so <clears throat> yeah but yeah people are always like dude those things are so stupid well i know they are but i don't want broken fingers all right well you and i we uh we met at a traeger event traeger had both of us come out and we both knew of each other but mm-hmm. we actually met at a traeger event and you and I kind of gravitated towards each other because obviously it was a big Traeger event. So there was, I think, didn't the Traeger outdoor team only get to bring like four people and everyone else got to bring like 20? 
Yeah. We were the, we is. were the only four. Me, you, <laughs> Sharon, and Abby were the only four hunters there, and mm-hmm. and we wrecked. Yeah, so. and who got the freaking medals? Boom. Us. Freaking two. Fir- you got a first, and we got a first. Yeah, and- I think you won the alcohol mixing contest, and then me and Abby won the uh, <laughs> food, the the grilling contest. <laughs> yeah, awesome. yeah, you guys nailed it. Yeah, we had. Um, yeah, Sharon came up with a a sweet recipe for a drink that we did that pretty much took the cake. And then, uh, it was really uh, good. Yeah. And you know what happened was when, when we scrap, when they did the cooking event and everyone scrambled to get their stuff, I was being an idiot and ran towards all the vegetables first because I wanted like some really good <laughs> sides. And dude, when I went to the freaking, when I opened up that Yeti, I was the last one to get the meat. There was one uh-huh. frozen turkey in there. I had a frozen <laughs> turkey to cook in an hour and an hour, or it was a frozen chicken. And what did we have, an hour hour and a half? I think so, yeah. It was tough, but you know, <laughs> it's going to be almost impossible with a frozen one. But it was good, though. Yeah, you guys, lot- you guys did awesome. And then afterwards, we got, me and you got tore down, dude. I don't even remember. Dance- I don't even, well, I remember the dance floor, but something between, between when we got our medals and... When we went on that tour, they took us to a tour of High, Re- High West oh, Distillery. Right. That. <laughs> Me and you, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where the footage is, but I guess you and I were doing some, uh, I think we were doing, we got into a squat contest with 50 pounds mm-hmm. of rye on each shoulder. And then uh, right. we, we, I don't even remember, but you and I just, I get, we were celebrating, dude. They had those free drinks and we were celebrating our medals, which are little cast iron skillets. And uh, oh, both, yeah, we had them around the whole time, right? Yeah, I think so. And then, uh, we had on. I'm pretty sure we had safety goggles. Yes, I remember that. We did have safety goggles. We looked like uh-huh. we were in a science class. Yeah, if you and I if you and I went to school together, we would have just been in trouble every oh, every day. We wouldn't have graduated that for sure. <laughs> no, no, that's actually how I was with uh, with Clay's brother Jason. Him and I really? were uh, yeah, we were in yearbook class together, and my senior year we did our yearbook and. Back then, they still had dark rooms because we would go out and take pictures for the yearbook, and then we developed our own film. Yeah, man, our teacher, our our teacher in our yearbook class—I forgot what his name was—but he was just—he was so nice, but he was almost so nice that he was gullible. So everyone just jacked around, and when he would be like, "Hey, everyone, we got to get serious," no one, everyone's just like, "Whatever." But yeah, uh, yeah Jason and I just jacked around in his class nonstop. I can't even remember all the stuff we did, but it was pure mischief, that's for sure. Um, Well, when did you get into... So, with all the wrestling, when did you get into the hunting side of things? I've never even asked you that. Yeah, so my dad... My dad actually... So this whole story is kind of funny. My dad actually grew up in Southern California. And then his dad moved to like central California, like in the Valley, like near Lemoore, Hanford, like kind of Fresno, that whole area. And that's where he began hunting. So he had buddies, my grand and my grandpa, my grandma, um, my mom, they all would hunt. Like they do pheasant hunting and a lot of bird hunting, dove hunting, quail. And uh, so my dad kind of started doing that when he was younger. And then obviously when I came into the picture, he was you know, doing a lot more types of hunting, big game hunting, and um, tons of fishing. But um, so I started, I mean, I remember just following my dad through the woods. Like we would go up above like Fresno, like up, up near Shaver. Um, if anyone's with, I don't know if anyone would know what this is, but like Wish On, um, Portwright, Dinky Creek, like that whole area. I think it's D7 is the zone here in California, but so we would go up there anytime we had, you know, if, if for whatever reason, like I had a day off or sometimes my dad would just pull me out of school. He's like, Hey, we're going to get up real early. We're just going to go up. We'll do a day hunt. Um, 
you know, and then we'll come back that evening. So we would just like throw our stuff in the, in the, in the suburban. I didn't get a suburban back then. <clears throat> Me and my brother, dude, that was like, I still remember to this day. That was like, when he would tell us that the night before that was, I would, it would be like Christmas day. I wouldn't sleep that whole night. I'd just be so excited. Like, yes, we get to go hunting. And I wasn't even hunting at that point. I would just, I just absolutely loved going up to the mountains and like going with my dad, you know, like, you know, whether it was archery or, or rifle hunting, you know, we'd show up sun, you know, it's still dark. We, you know, we'd have all our camo on and everything. And we'd just go walking through the woods. And, um, it's funny because I, I think I only remember with, you know, that was probably five, six years old from then all the way up until, Oh, I was probably junior in high school was the first time I ever remember my dad stealing a beer. <laughs> oh, yeah. We went up, Oh dude, we went up there all the time and that's the only deer. It was a little, you know, a little forky. And, uh, I think that was the only one I, I remember my dad ever killing, but I remember my first buck, um, it was with a bow and your very first you know, one ever yeah my very first ever one ever was with a bow it was a frontal shot at like probably man we got closest in probably 20 yards maybe even under 20 yards <clears throat> and uh, there was two bucks just staring at us and um i ended up taking the frontal shot and it went in on his right side and passed through and went out on his left side and we tracked that thing you know pretty much just bled out and we tracked him and uh when we got to him he was still alive but like about to go and this was the first time i'd ever seen anything like this and it was such a like bittersweet moment like i remember being so excited because i you know shot my first deer there was a lot of blood and my dad kept telling me this is a good sign this is a good sign like this is what we want and um you know i think i was 12 i was 12 years old i had just gotten my hunter safety and, and got my hunting license here in California, you have to be 12 before you can hunt big game. <clears throat> and we, we're tracking the blood, tracking the blood, and he's going downhill, downhill. We get all the way to the bottom, and he's, he's standing there, like, next to a log. And I ended up watching him just, like, tip over and expire. And I was like, you know, it was like, I was so excited, but I felt, like, extremely sad at the same time. Because I'd never, you know, I'd never seen oh, yeah. an animal like uh, so it was such a crazy whirlwind of emotions, but you know, it's definitely something I'll never forget. But, um, you know, so we walked up to it and, you know, my dad showed us how to, how to gut it and clean it and do all the stuff that we do. And then, so this is where the, the story gets crazy is my dad's like, okay, I'm going to hike back up the hill and I'll go get the truck. You guys, cause we were down in the flats at that point. So you guys go this way and I'll swing around and I'll come pick you up. And it's, you know, it's in the evening. We probably have hour and a half before dark. <clears throat> and so me and my brothers, you know, 12 years old. I mean, I was probably 70 pounds at that point, you know, <laughs> <laughs> little, my brother and my brother was smaller than me. My two brothers were smaller than me. And so, you know, we're just three tiny little kids basically dragging a deer through the woods by ourselves. And uh, we're dragging and my dad goes off. And um, we're like walking, and my when my little brother, he's a little spaz, and he's like, "There's a mountain lion!" And we like freak out. We drop the deer, and we're like, "What?" Like we have bows in our hands, you know? <laughs> and we're just, and I look off in the distance, and it's just like a doe and a fawn or something. But he's just like on super high alert, spazzing <laughs> out. <laughs> and, so, and so we end up continuing to drag the deer. <clears throat> well, we it eventually gets dark, and now there's three of us in the woods with a dead deer my dad's nowhere to be found and we're like what the hell do we do like <laughs> luckily we had like some little cheap crappy little flashlights but you know they didn't really do much but we just found a dirt road and just took it and just kept going and so we ended up coming up so we're 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 dragging this deer and we come up into a campsite and it's this lady and a and an older guy and we come pulling up we got blood all over us you know we just cleaned the deer we're dragging the dead <laughs> carcass and the lady screams ah! we're like whoa, whoa sorry, sorry. <laughs> like we're lost my dad we just told him the whole story you know my dad was supposed to come get us and uh we can't find him you know is there any way that you could possibly drive us back to our camp so the the, the guy was super cool and we loaded it up and he took us back well my dad got lost in the woods he took a wrong turn on the way back to the truck 
And so he's by himself in the woods, um, can't find the truck. He's walking, and it's I think it's almost the full moon. It was a pretty bright moon. He said he was walking, and all of a sudden this deer jumps up in front of him, and he said he can just see this giant rack through the moonlight, and he's just standing there like 30 yards from him staring at him. And my dad's like, oh, what the hell? And so he ended up running off or whatever. But <clears throat> eventually my dad ended up making his way back to the truck and we all ended up meeting up back at camp but he's like man i had already made my mind up that i was just gonna sleep out in the woods and wait till the next morning <laughs> so <I got> light. <laughs> but uh all in all it ended up turning out good i got my first buck and it was with a bow and uh it's just a really cool experience it was fun yeah that is cool i can't say that my first one wasn't with a bow um but yeah there's something about you know i wasn't I can't really say that I grew up in a hunting household because my dad, my dad, I mean, he knew about hunting and a lot of my mom's family, my mom's family was really into hunting, which is really the, my whole hunting nourishment came from my mom's uh, dad and my mom's brother. Um, gotcha. And, but my dad did some duck hunting and my dad would, would, my dad was actually a big part of keeping me in archery because he's the one that even though he didn't do the hunting part he took me to the archery clubs um i shot at fox valley archers in illinois and he would go and take me to like some archery shops and you know he always kind of bought stuff for himself i got hand-me-down stuff which is understandable it's pretty much what i yeah you know well i don't i don't do that for harry but i think i think if i wasn't I guess in the capacity that I am, I'm sure that's how it would be. You know, it's, it was, um, yeah, it's not even fair to say because I had a TV show already when, when Harry was getting into archery and he was going to be part of that. So, you know, I was <laughs> fortunate to be able to have equipment at the, at the realm for him. Um, but yeah, I was, I was shooting bows that, I remember my first bow that he gave me. I could not pull it back. I actually had to pull it back with my feet. I put my feet, <laughs> I put my feet in the riser, and I'd grab the string and pull it back. Don't try this at home. Literally, like a human crossbow. And I would, no way. yeah, and I would shoot it like that until, like, I remember the day I freaking damn near blew a hemorrhoid out getting that thing pulled back. One, t I shot one arrow in the backyard and i literally thought i had conquered the world i was like when i got that thing back i was just i mean i was just like yes yeah I remember those. Yep. yeah so it's i don't know it's it, it's so funny that people people that don't actually go out and lit and like experience that whole part of it's like a whole it's like someone pumping life into your body when you go hunting for the first time it's just this thing that comes from the just the depths of your instincts and just it makes your heart beat way harder like i've had people come up to me like i'm gonna kill you man four o'clock school's out you're dead and i'm like okay but when a buck steps out, oh, dude. unlike anything else, yeah, I needed depends on. I was crapping my pants, and I needed a doctor there because my heart rate, like my blood pressure, was about freaking. I don't even know how how the measurements goes, but yeah. I'll, I'll guarantee you, my heart was beating so hard, and there's nothing that's ever made me feel like that. I've never, I mean, I've shot, I've shot for gold medals in areas where there were people literally lined up from me to the target and when i drew back on the target i could see people's faces in my scope looking down at me shooting thinking if a loop breaks right now i'm in a polish prison for the next 30 years like no doubt about it i'm getting ready to freaking put an x10 through about 15 people's skull and there's nothing they can do about it like here comes 
470 grains of raging hell with the tungsten tip just blasting through a bunch of Polish skulls. And and I'm just, there's nothing I'm going to do about it. Like, if a cable blows, if a freaking loop breaks, like, <laughs> someone's going down and I'm the one that's going to be freaking sucking my thumb uh, to Gladimir, you know, <laughs> for the next 30 years. It still didn't make my heart beat as hard as, I mean, my heart was beating like I was shitting pickles, but I wasn't as nervous as I was the first time a big old, I remember I was 12 years old the first time a, um, a Tom Turkey came in and my uncle told me, he's like, you can't, you actually can't kill a turkey with a bow. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, it's not possible. They can see so good. What? You'll never pull back. You'll never get, this is before blinds, dude. I was 12. So he's like, mm-hmm. he's like, you'll never get pulled back. Nothing. Well, I remember I went out. I didn't even know how to call. I had a, uh, I had a Lynch call that was like a push button call. And I, <laughs> I went out and I'm just pushing this button. It's in the middle of the afternoon I was literally left unattended at a trailer park in the middle, like a trailer house in the middle of this big plantation. And I went out and I just sat there and I'm kind of pushing this button a little while and looking around, nothing's happening. All of a sudden, next thing I know, here comes this fan through the woods. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I freaking grabbed my bow. I got my release and I'm just frozen. Like he told me, there's no way you're going to pull back because he's always going to see you. He'll always see you. And I was just frozen. And I remember this sucker came in, and he walked right behind this huge, like, it had to have been like a huge red oak. I was down in Mississippi, and I'm like 12 years old, pulled my bow back, and this turkey comes out from the side of this thing, and I shoot it. And I just remember, I literally, as soon as I shot it, I just took off running (laughs) to to where my (laughs) uncle told me he was going to meet me to pick me up. And I just ran, and the whole time my heart was beating so hard that I literally thought I was going to have a heart attack at any second. And I remember running up to the car, and I'm like, I shot one. He's like, what? I'm like, I shot a big old gobbler with my bow. And he's like, no, you didn't. And I'm like, yes, I did. And he's like, where were you? And I said, I was way back here. And sure enough, we went up, and that freaking turkey was dead. And I remember him saying, I can't believe it. He's like, I didn't think anyone could shoot. Like, at that time, I don't know. Like, people shooting turkey. Yeah, people shooting a turkey with a bow and arrow without ground blinds was just unheard of. I mean, it was unheard Mm -hmm. of. I was shooting a a PSC. No, I wasn't. Back then, I was shooting a Golden Eagle. um, God, what was it? I think it was like a Golden Eagle Hawk Hunter. It was a really? it, yeah. It was a cast riser with wooden limbs, yep. round wheels. Yep. No way. That's awesome. Dude. Yeah. Yep. I first the Browning, and it was a woman's <laughs> bow because they didn't make, they didn't make them small enough for me. Like I couldn't get a drawing short enough. So it was a woman's bow, and uh, I think so I had that for a few years, and then the the first. The first that bow that I actually killed that buck with was a PSE. I think it was a PSE Nova, was my was my first bow that I killed anything with. It was cool, but go, dude. I have a funny story. Like my, I remember when we first got like my very first bow outside of my dad, like making a bow for us. He used to just do like those flag poles, you know, that go on the back of like a quad or a three wheeler when you're in the sand dunes. It's like a fiberglass pole. And uh, he would basically cut them, and then he would take, like, deep-sea fishing line where it's, like, basically, like, a really thin rope, and he'd bend it, and that would be our bow. And then he'd cut some other arrows out of the pole. And I'd go around the neighborhood, you know, trying to shoot pigeons or dove, anything that was on the ground. I was probably, you know, six or seven years old. But uh, you still there, Dud? Yeah, I'm listening. Oh, sorry. I thought my phone cut out. <laughs> um but yeah, that was like my first, my first like archery experience. And then I remember one Christmas we got our first compound bows. You know, these little cheap plastic things from Walmart, I'm sure. <clears throat> but it was back when you know you could barely, like I could barely pull it back. And then my little my little brother that's like right below me, um, he he could 
it was like a fight for him. Like you said, like about to blow his butthole out. <laughs> he <kind of laughs> that thing back. And uh, we're in the backyard. We're like so excited. It's Christmas morning. And uh, he's like, got, he puts an arrow in. He's trying, he's trying, he's trying to get it pretty much like, you know, almost back. And there's no let off on these things really. And he's like almost back and it slips out of his hand. Well, he's pointing up in the air. We're in a, <laughs> in a residential neighborhood. And that arrow just goes, and sticks in the, there was a house, <laughs> there was a house across the street, and it sticks in the side of the house. Bam! <laughs> we're like, shit. And dad's going to, you know, dad's going to be pissed. And uh, the guy comes out, and he, like, looks up, and he's looking around, and he sees the arrow just stuck. Does that, does that remind you of anything? <laughs> yeah. Mendez. <laughs> it reminds me of your arrow that's, freaking yeah. 14 feet above my target every time i walk in my range and your points <laughs> hanging outside of my building <laughs> uh, i think that was the first i was i was switching over to the knock-on or maybe i was using it was no, your first was that was your first handheld release you switched to a knock to yeah. it that time just to try it and i think you bumped That's it right. like you put your thumb on it when you were halfway back something and it just <laughs> 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 but yep that uh so that arrow stuck and i don't i don't know if that guy ever or how he got that down or what he must have had to get like a scaffolding or something because it was like way the hell up on his house <laughs> but did he come to your dad he, oh yeah but my dad i mean at that point my dad had just got us those for christmas so it's, <laughs> he wasn't too pissed it was an accident but I've got two stories like that. One was, and I left it out intentionally, but since you brought this up, I might as well say it. So, yeah, I was, um, I did the old put my feet in the riser and pulled that bow back, and I kind of wanted to see how high I could make it go. Dude, I freaking stuffed an arrow right through the freaking roof of a house about five houses down, and I never said anything. Whoever li- lives on Wiltshire Court in Crystal Lake, Illinois, I don't know what address you have, but if there's a big old freaking double X78 super slam mm-hmm. arrow with a swedge knock sticking out of the top of your house, that was me back in the day. <laughs> the other one, too, was uh, it wasn't an arrow, but you know, we grew up in pretty much a suburban life. We grew up in a neighborhood and uh, my dad, my mom and my dad, they threw parties quite often. My mom loved throwing parties. And uh, they bought some, you remember those, do you ever remember, uh, they were called yard dart. I think they were called yard darts. Oh, yeah. yeah, yard darts. Okay, well, I was, I think they're dangerous. <laughs> I, dude, I was 10 years old. This is back when I was 5'135". And we lived, we were one house in from the corner. We were on a court, and we, our house was one house in from the main road. And we were in our front yard playing, you know, everyone's yard's in a line. Well, you know, my dad and them, they had the, they had the circles at the regulation thing. Well, I couldn't make it. You know, I was trying to throw. I couldn't make it that far. And they got, you know, like most parents, when your kids are trying to get involved with something you're doing, and they can't make it you know you're like whoa he's like put you know freaking put some oomph into it man he's like come on man freaking <laughs> he's like throw that thing man freaking put some nuts into that thing you know so i freaking i like take this almost like a crow hop you know for a freaking <laughs> for like a softball pitcher i did this crow hop and went to freaking throw this thing and i let go of it when it was like past my head and I launched that thing behind me as hard as I could throw it, and it went up in the air. And I remember turning around, and I could just see that thing coming down in slow motion to the center of the road, and it just centered the hood of a truck. <laughs> it was my dad. Yeah, oh yeah, freaking dude, freaking buried right to that freaking bulb that it had, where it would stick in your yard. And what was, yeah. I mean, but my dad couldn't say shit because he was freaking, he's the one egging me on the whole time to do it. And I literally, uh, I literally, <laughs> I literally gave it as, as much as I could. So yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> I had so many stories like that. Was it his, 
neighbor's car. It was someone just driving down the road, dude. I mean, imagine how oh, pissed. Imagine how pissed you'd by. be. Yeah, imagine how pissed you'd be. I've I've actually driven down the road. I drove down the road the other day, and some kid was. Uh, I was in my truck. Some kid was mowing the mowing his yard, and I could see that he was oh. just getting ready to swing out to where he was. And I could see, you know, when I mow along my road, I don't blow rocks into the road. I'll blow them mm-hmm. into my grass. And I could see the way he was going to turn. I'm like, oh, he's getting ready to freaking be blowing shit into the road. And sure enough, he swings right when I'm by, and he hits some kind of a rock and just freaking oh, no. sent one right into my door. I just hear like, bong, and I just, I just kept going. I'm like, karma. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm not even stopping. Freaking, it's not a, it's not a yard dart. I mean, I'm still ahead on this program. Like, it's not a yard dart. It's a rock. Who cares? Yeah, I mean, I can get that sucked out. This guy that had a freaking rock buried to his freaking the top of his V6 Vortec or whatever he had back then. Damn it! Oh man, was he pissed? Did he stop? What did your dad do? He couldn't do anything. He just kind of he's just like, damn man. You know, my dad, my dad, my dad's funny. If you meet him, everyone that meets my dad laughs. I've I've debated having him on the podcast, but. The only way I could, well, if I'd have to censor it, because I don't know if it wasn't <laughs> the be, the best way to do a podcast with him is actually if you if he didn't know we were doing something, because he'll go in. He's a shrink, so he'll if he knows it's going to be public, he'll switch into this like psychologist mode. That's pretty still funny, yeah. but not so much. But then if he's just himself. Then he always like he was always the life of the party. Like when we'd have when I'd have parties, he was always the life of the party. Everyone liked him. My friends would come over to hang out with my dad, and uh, <laughs> but the problem is if I don't ha- like I could never do it live because he uh, if he doesn't have a filter, sometimes he sometimes he gets a little bit weird. Like most dads probably would. So uh, I don't know. All my friends, my friends hated my dad because <laughs> like I would have sleepovers or something like. You know, when we were little, we'd set up tents in the backyard or up on the trampoline or something, and we would, you know, camp out in tents. And, you know, it was like a lot of the wrestlers and stuff when we were younger. And he would always come out, like, right when the sun came up. It would be like 6 a.m. And he'd be like, all right, guys, get up. And he would have everybody that was staying there do yard work and, like, put them to work. And all my friends <laughs> were like, screw that. I'm not going over. I'm not going to go stay the night at your house. I don't, I don't want to get up at 6 and start doing work. And so that that lasted maybe once or twice, maybe three times, and then it never happened again. Everyone's like, "Screw you! I'm not going over there." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've had I've gone to places where their dads are like that. Well, dude, I know you're on a schedule. You're training. You got work to do. You got to eat. I got to eat too. Actually, I got. Nice. Uh, I'm doing some. Um, I actually had two more. I took out way too many roasts. So I've got mm-hmm. two more. Uh, I've done I've done slow cooked roasts all day, and I just I literally just text Harry while we were talking, and I said, "Can you go out and turn the grill down to?" I didn't realize nice. it was the first time. I actually mistyped it. It says turn the grill to shit down mode, and then um, <laughs> sit down. Dude, yeah. So Harry just texted me back and said, shit down cycle was not on there, but I did the shut down cycle. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, shit down. we need to, uh, we need to do a, we need to do a, a hunt somewhere where we, we can do. let some people come with us. I mean, if you ever need me on a fins and feathers hunt, let me know. Obviously, we just we, gotta, do, we do. I think that would be cool, and I know there's a lot of people that would probably want to join. So we just got to try to plan something. We, um, I mean, I can everything's set right now for this year, but when we have so much, so much time and gaps in between. There's something we can find, even if it's like a pig hunt somewhere, or you know, something pretty simple but still fun to do. We'll yeah. we'll figure it out. Yeah, you and I, I and you and I in camp, we have we have a good time. You <laughs> yourself, me. Uh, Big Chad Ward, uh, our friend T Steez, aka Tyler Stark, um, Andy Stump, yeah. and Trevor. We were all um, 
we were all at camp together about a month ago and it was a good old time that was so much fun i i was bummed i couldn't let loose i wasn't drinking or anything because i was already training but i know you were on the freaking doping pool bro you were all freaking (laughs) that's what i hated it when i hate that's what i hated about that was the other thing i didn't like about like it that was part of what burned me out with competing was Mm -hmm. you know being if you're in the doping pool you know back that's what people don't realize back when i if you're shooting and if you're on the u.s team you're in the doping pool so yeah you know people just show up and you know freaking make you piss in a cup so you can't really (laughs) the only time people really let loose was like the night when the world championships were over and they had the closing ceremony and the after party. And then, yeah. then people got a yeah. little bit, a little bit squirrely, um, at that time. But honestly, because <laughs> I still, I, I still worked, I still worked 60 hours a week. As soon as the tournament was over, I was trying to catch the first flight out of there, you know, or yeah. trying to get a standby to get out of there. And all that was the stuff that, that burned it out. And I think that's why, I just enjoy hunting so much more than competing is because like last week, you know, my first day I went on a really cool bear hunt and, um, I know you and I were texting, um, when Mm -hmm. I had signal, but you know, my first day I really wanted to, um, hunt with one of my new buddies, John, John Barklow. Um, so John and I, I hunted with him the first night and then, you know, I kind of wanted to hang out with some of my other buddies. And then once I got my first bear, I was just, I was just enjoying the whole experience in the moment more so than, than, you know, when you're in a competition, it's like business. You can't, you can't like, there's no way I could just, there's no way I'd go to a tournament and make that investment. And then after the first day of qualifications, be like, you know what? I had fun. I shot good. I shot the score I wanted. I kind of feel like I'm just going to hang out with the homies. Like you can't yeah. do that. You're there. Yeah. It was, it was all business. It was totally work. <laughs> you have to deal with other people's, you know, personalities. You have, like some, some people are always intense and they always have this game face on and, and you know that you kind of have to carry that game face too. You know, there's, there's certain people where there was, you know, it was always going to be serious around them. There's always going to be trash talking and shit talking around them. You know, you kind of had to be a dick if you were going to, you know, cause they were going to be a dick. And then there was yeah. some people where they weren't like that at all, but I don't know. I just didn't enjoy it as much. I enjoy, a, I enjoy camp. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the last couple of years off and starting fins and feathers and being able to travel and do all these different hunting trips and, you know, being able to make so many new, um, just connections in the outdoor world. It's been so awesome to me. Like it's definitely something after my fight career, like that's, that's what I want to do. It's kind of just been like a little taste of it. Well, that's you though. The thing is that's you, yeah. you know, that's you. I love it. Absolutely love it. So, but it's the same way in the fight world. Like, sometimes you got guys that are cool. You know, we all respect each other as competitors. And there's guys that are cool, and then there's other guys that are just complete dicks. Yep. <laughs> You're like, all right. You just got to put the game face back on. But Yeah, that's, well, that's the sucky part about competition is, you know, you got to weed through the personality types, and it is what mm-hmm. it is. Well, cool, dude. I know you got to eat. I got to eat. And, uh yep. We didn't talk too much about archery, but I think that's what makes it fun. Um, and sometime we will. We'll we'll talk we'll talk archery sometime. Uh, yeah. We need to do a. Problem is every time we're on a hunt together, I say like we should do a podcast, and then also we're just like ah screw that. We had too much fun in the blind, jacking <laughs> jacking around. So. <laughs> all right, uh, man. We'll, we'll set it up. I appreciate it, Dud. We'll uh, we'll be in touch and yeah, stay healthy, uh, stay healthy. I can't yeah, can't wait for this something. fight. No problem, buddy. Uh, perfect. All right, man. Have All a good right. one. All right, cheers. Be sure to visit knockonarchery.com to see our entire line of trendy knock-on lifestyle clothing. Knockonarchery.com. <laughs>